This is Captain Blake from The Fog. We just want to give you maze a warning. Sometimes in episodes of Shocking Things, you might hear a little salty language. Discretion is advised. Beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. And if you see her in your dreams, be sure you never, ever scream. Hello and welcome to episode 41 of Shocking Things. I'm John with Laura. Hey, hey. And we're going to discuss a film picked by Laura. This is Dead Silence. It was released on March 16th, 2007. So we've approached the 15-year anniversary of this film, which I can't believe it's been that long. I'm old. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> we talked about that. We both couldn't believe, wow, this is 15 years old now. So now this film... The movie poster, uh, first thing I remember seeing when this came out, it shows uh, Ventrilka's dummy Billy with Mary Shaw's fingers in front of his mouth with a shushing motion to be silent with the tagline, you scream, you die. What's your opinion of the poster, Laura? Uh, it's simple. Uh, I get the gist of what it's about. It's you about know, a you could, Yeah, you could tell it's a horror movie, right? So that's... Yeah, the, I like it. I like yeah. the simplicity. But now I talked to Laura just a little while ago about the trailer. What's your opinion of the original trailer for this film? Well, it's one of those trailers that just show way too much and it becomes completely ineffective. Like, I want something intriguing that's going to show me just enough. It does show too much. Not everything, but it does. I do kind agree of, with you. Well, well, no. In well, well, if you've seen the movie. Well, no, no, but if you haven't. So pretend you yeah, haven't but... seen the movie. Okay. Gonna pretend you haven't seen it, so... Pre- no, it's choppy. Put, okay. The choppiness. I okay. like to feel intrigued. I don't okay. feel any intrigue. This is I just feel like random scenes, just like, scenes. just in there's, order. There's stuff all over the place. There's stuff coming at you and flying. Right. Like, I like the, the intrigue, the okay. mystery. The... Yes, they should have left a little more. I, I agree Maybe with you in that. next time. All right. Okay, <laughs> so... This is directed by James Wan. Uh, so, this was right after Saw. Because Saw was a huge hit, so... Uh, he directed Saw, Insidious, Insidious Chapter 2, The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, and Aquaman, and most recently, Malignant, which I like and I know Laura doesn't like. Didn't like it. So, but we both agree we both enjoyed Saw, so we wanted to see this film, correct? Saw and I... And, and Insidious. Insidious. Yeah. And uh, so this is the Saw team. It's written by Lee Winnell and James Wan. So the duo together worked on Saw, Saw 3 and Insidious Chapter 2. So, again, so they have a good track record, correct, Laura, would you say, in your opinion? 
Yeah. These are the films you like. And even, like, I'll give it to you from Malignant. Like, apparently it's a very, like, uh, controversial topic. Like, some people love it. You love it, it or hate it. And some yeah. people hate it. Yeah. Which is weird. It is, but it's getting you to talk about it, though, right? It's better than saying, like, eh, it's forgettable. You remember the film, at least, right? Yep. So. Now, uh, so, the cast will start off Ryan, what's it, Quanten? As Jamie Ashton. I know Laura, how do you know him? Oh, uh, True Blood. Yes. Uh, Laura loves this guy, Jason Stackhouse, yes, right? Yes, and he, com- he plays a completely different character. Yes. Obviously. Uh, Laura Regan as Lisa Ashton. She was in They and Unbreakable. I wasn't too familiar with her. I don't know about you. No. Uh, Bob Gunton as Edward Ashton. Uh, he was in JFK, Shawshank, Redemption, Argo, and he was actually in Ghostbusters Afterlife, which I didn't realize. He's got like, a familiar face as a character actor, but mm-hmm. can't really place it in a lot of things. Uh, Donnie Wahlberg as Detective Lipton. Uh, first I saw him is when he was in New Kids on the Block. And uh, he was in The Sixth Sense, uh, Dreamcatcher, another Laura film, right? And saw two, three, and four. Yeah, that was a weird movie. Uh, Michael Fairman as Henry Walker. He mostly did uh, television uh, show appearances. Uh, some of them include Seinfeld, Firefly, Knight Rider, and Cheers. This is Joan Haney as Miriam Walker. Uh, she was in some of her films include Detroit Rock City and The Secret Window. Judith Roberts as Mary Shaw. Uh, she was in Eraserhead, which Laura hated, I could tell you. I don't know if you remember that. Death Sentence. And just recently, uh, Last Thing Mary Saw. She was in that movie. Uh, music by Charles Clauser. Uh, Saw, Resident Evil Extinction. And uh, The Collectioner are some of uh, the films he's done the soundtrack for. So basically, this film, short version, a young widower returns to his hometown to search for answers to his wife's murder, which may be linked to the ghost of a deceased ventriloquist. So now, this was filmed in, because Laura asked me, and then we looked into it, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. That's where we did the filming. Uh, The effects, there are great practical effects, but some CGI used were needed, but we're going to talk about that later on. Right, Laura? In the film, yep, like we'll another. Bunch of notes on that. Uh, cinematography by John Leonetti. Uh, he worked on The Mask, The Conjuring, Insidious. Some of his credits, which we both agree was fantastic, right? The cinematography in this film, for it the was, most part. It, it, it is a very pretty film to watch. Now, for the scenes, when I first talked to Laura, I said, "Do you want to talk about our favorite scenes?" And Laura said, "Well, the whole <laughs> the whole movie is my favorite." So I took down a lot of notes. How about we'll go in order? Bring up some of the scenes, and then just stop me if you want to say expand, talk more. Yeah, Sound good? Don't I always? <laughs> yes. So, so right off the bat, you see the Universal Studios logo from the '30s. If you notice that, with the airplane going around the, you the globe. It out. Yeah. So that right there, it sets the tone for the film. This isn't going to be some modern-looking film. You know, it's going to be an old-timey feel. No, this is like classic gothic horror. Traditional. Yes. So we have that, and then it shows so the opening credits as the origin and de- uh, the definition of ventriloquism is shown. In the sixth century BC, is believed the spirits of the dead would speak through the stomach region of the living. Ventriloquists, from the Latin venter for belly and lacoy to speak. And they have a whole series of uh, character Mary Shaw designed ventriloquist dolls. Uh, 
you see the creation of the main ventriloquist dummy, Billy, mostly is shown, and he looks like a demonic version of the Charlie McCarthy dummy. Would you say that's correct, Laura? Do you know who Charlie McCarthy is or no? A little bit? We'll get into that later, though. Yeah, I, I don't, but I, I do think my one note is he's way scarier than Annabelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a traditional ventriloquist dummy look, but a more evil, but not... Yeah, I know he's different than Annabelle, but I just thought it was... It's way creepier. Because she's more obvious, right? It's more When I mean, you look at Annabelle, it's more, like, obvious. Okay, this is scary. This is made to be scary. But this yeah. is... This could be a normal ventriloquist dummy, just a more tweaked... But there's even a scene at the beginning when his mouth just... When he's sitting on the couch uh, and his mouth just yes. opens. Yep, I have that. So. And it is just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That really... That's right off the bat where... It, it grabs you, at least to me. So, we have that scene in the series of the, the the making of the doll, Billy. And we have the characters. They open up a package. It's Jamie. Has a package delivered to him with the Vitulga's dummy in it. And is laying in this red velvet case. And Lisa, his wife, mentions how it reminds her of Mary Shaw. And she jokes around and plays with it in the sitting position. That's where what Laura is speaking of, how the, just, the mouth just opens up. It's a little unsettling, right? You just sit it down, you're joking around, then his mouth just stays open like that. Yes. So, and I then... It. Yeah, so then Jamie goes out to get food. So, of course, while he disappears, the mayhem ensues. Right, Laura? So, uh, Lisa puts the dummy in the bed with the sheet covering his head. That's right? one thing I didn't understand, is why she put the dummy in the bed. I, I am guessing... Because it was just maybe... A joke? Um, well, I don't know if it's kind of like freaks her out a little bit too. And then she's joking around. Because uh, then the head turned freaking her out, right? But she puts it on the bed first, right? That's why yeah, the head turns. Why would you... I don't know. It's just I guess because she thought it was a joke when she opened it. So she puts it on the bed. But still, yeah. who does that? Just, just Maybe she's just kind of nervous having this dummy. Because I had a Ventura's dummy when I was a kid. The Charlie McCarthy one that looks like Billy. Did you know that when I was a child? Yeah. This is a good story. Laura's learning. And I was always intrigued. And Laura knows this. I've always been intrigued by these doll films and the Twilight Zone. Yeah, you're the are... doll guy. And <laughs> even as a kid, it always freaked me out. But I wanted one for Christmas. My grandfather got me one. And it looks a lot like Billy. And he's in the film, the actual Charlie McCarthy doll that I had. And I had it. And the scared me at night i'm like yeah i don't want this thing in my room and i would take this thing out of, <laughs> out of my bedroom and put it on the couch in the living room my mother used to think that was hilarious well but... i have i have a follow-up story to that okay. i didn't know we were so similar so i got um a porcelain doll every christmas from my aunt mm -hmm. and my mom used to leave them on my bureau okay and they freaked me out so bad that in the middle of the night i would bring them to the basement i don't blame and you when i woke up in the morning it would be back oh and you bureau. didn't know that your mother would put it back there you thought it just magically <laughs> appeared there as a little kid you never think of anything logical it was terrifying that's awesome that's funny we have the same story okay so now uh back to lisa putting Billy on the bed, puts a sheet over his head, and then when she goes back in the room, she hears a child's voice laughing. Uh, and they have this angle where they don't show Billy, but you could tell that he's obviously the only one in the room that's attacking Lisa, and her mouth comes towards the screen. It almost looks like 
It reminds me of Psycho, the shower scene. Would you say her face? That's interesting. Kind of looks like that when it's just the way it moves towards her face. So they don't show uh, Billy committing murder, but they leave it to your imagination. I like the fact that they don't show everything like that. Just, you know it's happening, but they don't have to be too graphic. Uh, so then Jamie comes home. Uh, it hears Lisa's voice under the sheets. But the Alyssa, there's blood all over the floor first. And she says she has a surprise for him. And then they show uh, she's deceased, but her mouth is agape, uh, missing her tongue, almost like the dummy, right? When it was opened up early in the film, when he pulls the sheets off. And what did you say, Laura, as soon as, what did this remind you of? Oh, the face, uh, reminiscent of the ring. Yeah. Uh, when the first the... kill in the ring when they find her. Um, so I agree, it, it is similar, it has a similar look to that. So now this happens, Jamie's talking to Detective Lipton about the death of Lisa because the husband's always the first suspect, right? And the wife is killed. Right. So Jamie explains how the package randomly appeared, contained the dummy, and how where he's from, it's a bad omen in this town, the ventriloquist dummies. The local legend is the dummy brings death to those around him, but um, Detective Lipton doesn't buy his story, basically. He thinks he's full of shit. Right? In, in plain English, would yep. you say? He's not even, like, entertaining this for a minute. Nope. This story. So. Would you? I I would never do that to you, Laura. A dummy would do it. I'm just saying that for the record. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh. so Jamie has to investigate basically on his own because Lipton refused to. So, when he goes home, he rips open. You can see a little bit of uh, inside the lining of the dummy the casket, you see a little like artwork in there exposing some writing and artwork. He rips it open and it says, The Amazing Mary Shaw and Billy in Haven's Fair, with drawings of, of them. So then he has to do his own detective work, which he explained that to the lift and he says, You're not doing your job, so I have to do it for you. So he goes to Ravenstown, and if you notice a sign, I don't know if you paid attention, because I had to watch it again to look at it. It goes by really quick. It says, a quiet place to live on the sign. Nope. I like the attention to detail they put into it. So the town, when they show this town, is very desolate. Everything is out of business. You might even, I think I might have seen a tumbleweed or two going around, right? There's like, there's like literally nothing going on there. So Jamie enters his driveway of this beautiful mansion. Like, it's funny how he lives in this tiny little apartment. Right, this one bedroom apartment. Then you go to this giant mansion. This is like beautiful estate. Yes, yeah, gorgeous, absolutely stunning. And then you find out it's his father. So you're thinking to me, like, geez, is this father a piece of shit too? Like he's not, like you see how the son's like struggling. He's got all this money. We don't know the yeah, total we'll backstory, but well, but we. But there's yes. usually a reason. Yeah. So he goes uh, and opened the the person who opened the door is jamie's stepmother ella who's like his age right a younger much younger woman yeah so she invites him in uh, and edward ash ashen is uh, his father he's in a wheelchair with oxygen and jamie's like he's startled when he sees him because he's not used to seeing him like this uh, apparently he had a stroke so they bicker back and forth and yeah, they don't they don't have a good history and then like laura says we're going to find out a little while what happens why they don't really get along Jamie asked his father about the Mary Shaw poem. He thinks it's poppycock. Uh, poppycock? Yeah, basically. <laughs> so, uh, and then Ella uh, says a line 
that stands out later at the time we don't know she goes your father's changed he's not the same man you remember okay right put that in your back pocket laura that line <laughs> so uh then jamie uh, talks to ella saying uh oh his mother killed herself then the second wife left and uh basically ella shall outlive his father is what she's saying to him so they don't really have the greatest relationship the dummy, we go uh, later, we see the dummy is moving his eye while Jamie's in the motel room. And we see an image of Mary Shaw waking him up. Uh, Jamie saw her in his dreams. Uh, I like this, this whole, uh, where he's in the motel room. It's kind of, it's a very creepy. It is eerie, it's creepy. I like the whole idea of the slowdown of the sound to silence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have like the water dripping from the faucet, right? Everything. Like you said, attention to detail in this film is on point. And it is that eerie, creepy motel room. Yeah, you're by yourself. Mode. You got this dummy with you, right? Yeah, because I would have put it in the car, <laughs> but again, yeah. we're not in the movie. Yeah. Um, the movie would be a lot more boring if you left him in the car, right? Yeah. But yeah, but I agree with you. I wouldn't be leaving that dummy with me either in the motel room. So. And you can't scream yes so, so did we did we write down the the poem oh yeah yeah we'll get that oh well, i don't yeah, i don't yeah we'll get to that later we'll get to that later it's okay so uh so then jamie has to uh his wife is getting buried now right laura he has to go to the cemetery and they find mary shaw's grave is right in the same cemetery again such a pretty scene Yes, yeah, the, all yeah, the, all the shots are, 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 yeah, they are beautiful, I agree with you. And when you see this, also now he goes back, so that happens. Okay, so then uh, the mortician Henry takes a photo of the face of uh, Lisa Asham and is startled. Uh, Marion, the wife, hides in a crawl space, saying she's back. Uh, Marion, like, that was... When you first see this character, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, you don't know what to think of her, right? Yeah, it's out of place, it's abrupt, but we find out later that she does live in the same town. He's the mortician. Yes. Is that correct? Yeah, then later we'll get to his story and why his wife acts the way she does. Uh, so like we said, Jamie finds a grave of Mary Shaw in the cemetery and looks around. There's also a grave for Billy that was found. And that was empty, right. so because she was buried with her dolls. So Jamie goes back to the motel to take Billy and put him in that open grave. This scene I really liked a lot, where he puts Billy in the car, and you see Billy's eyes moving while he's driving the car, and he's like looking back and forth at him. He has those subtle, like little eye movements and stuff. That I mean, that can really freak you out. And you're thinking too, okay, is this really happening, or you know, is Billy imagining it? Because we know how this dummy really is. There's something going on, but half the time his imagination can be running wild too, where maybe not everything we see is actually happening, right? No, I was never feeling that. Okay. I felt like it was very intentional. <laughs> now, this part freaked me out. When uh, Billy's put in the casket, so when uh, Jamie takes him out, puts him in, he puts him right in the casket in the ground, then his head moved right in, <laughs> right in that scene where I think Laura would have ran, right? You would have ran out of the graveyard at that point or no? Oh, Billy would have been. <laughs> I probably would have massacred Billy so, and then ran. This next scene gets even better, I thought. So Jamie goes back to his car. 
because he's he had enough of this, right? He starts hearing these voices around the car, and you see this running, almost like a little kid running around the car. Yeah, I love but that. But again, why are these scenes happening at night? Like he has all day. It's not fun, Laura. Wouldn't but maybe be he a... can't enter the cemetery without anybody seeing him. But again, it's like a desolate town. True, true. No, it's not but, fun. But the yeah, the mortician lives right near there, right? So he could see him during the day. Then we see this really quick glimpse of Billy's face near the foggy uh, driver's side window of the car. But yeah, that whole scene, I, re- I really enjoyed it. Then now we have Jamie going to, um, he comes out of the shower of his motel room to discover Detective Limp- Lipton's there holding Billy. And now this character, the de- Detective Lipton does this, I don't know, he's kind of out of place at times doing this like, this comedy routine at times right it's like you're supposed to be like comic relief yeah, i guess I but it's just it's kind of out of place i don't know that he really fit yeah well. it was very odd so he's i'd be like what the hell is going on here he comes out of the shower he's holding billy he says why did you bury me jamie <laughs> because i'm evidence in a capital crime so in a situation like this would you be joking because i'm i'm not if i'm a detective right no so, uh, Jamie explains the reason why he buried Billy, because of the legend of Mary Shaw. And if you see her, never scream. So, Lipton, he's riling him up, uh, saying, uh, end up without a tongue. Like your wife. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, I yeah. get what you're saying. So, and can I just say that, like, yes. I was really happy, because this movie really scared me. Um, and I'm really happy, because I'm not a screamer. <laughs> yeah. That came out wrong. But you know what I mean? Like, if somebody scares me, like, if they jump in my face, I'm always like, like, ooh, or like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is that weird to think that? I was like, oh, good, I would survive, you know? Yeah, so no? basically, yeah. No opinion? Yeah, no, no, I, I... Would you scream? Oh, I've been dead a long time ago in this movie, I'm sure, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so... Then uh, Lipton's saying he's staying right next door to Jamie in the motel. So he's in the room next over. Okay, I know we can't take this movie too seriously, but I'm thinking to myself, does Detective Lipton have the authority to do anything in this this town? Does he have any jurisdiction? Right? Or am I overthinking this again? I guess we both overthink. Okay, so so I'm like, okay, so... I don't think he actually do anything to Billy at this point, but whatever. Let's just have fun and watch the movie, right? Well, at least you're not thinking about <laughs> if you'd scream or not. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> dummies coming alive, right? That That's normal, right? That's rational. This <laughs> Rapid eye movement. Right? So, so then Lipton leaves. Uh, Jamie uh, goes into his motel room and takes Billy back and brings it to Henry the mortician. So then this is where we learn more about the character Henry... Uh, so Henry and his wife Marion, they explain the legend of Mary Shaw. So we're brought back, and this is the '40s, I believe, correct, Laura? Where uh, he talks about his childhood, Henry. Yes, it was the '40s. And I think I, based on yeah. So when you go back, they show the the theater, and Mary Shaw was a famous ventriloquist in Ravensphere who lost her voice. He explains, and this was uh, the glory days of Ravensphere. So, like I said. Current day, it's desolate, but in the 40s, it was beautiful. The theater was beautiful, the whole bridge, right, to get inside the theater. This whole, everything looked amazing. Stunning. Absolutely amazing. It's uh, it's the uh, 
Google Google Theater on Lost Lake is uh, what it was called. And so Mary Shaw and Billy, they were a huge hit. Henry describes uh, Mary couldn't find Billy. This is Billy, uh, Henry, I'm sorry, Henry as a child. So he saw her once as a child. And the act was Mary was asking, uh, Billy, where are you? And um, she points at Henry when he was a young boy. He's probably, what, eight years old, ten years old at the time. So look under your seat, and under Henry's seat, he sees Billy and uh, asks him to bring um, him up to the stage. So Henry does. And then another child, Michael's heckling Mary, saying that uh, he could see her lips move. And then Billy is, he's irate. And Billy tells Mary to bring the boy up here. And uh, Mary stared at Michael and said, this is uh, one of our favorite lines, now who's the dummy? <laughs> and we're just like, okay, what does that mean, right? <laughs> so, Henry explained to Jamie that the boy Michael disappeared a few weeks after that incident. And in Mary's will, she was asked to be buried with all 101 of her dolls and to become a doll. So Henry's father was a mortician also. So he talks about when he was a child, how his father was the one that uh, has who uh, basically what what would you call it? Uh, arranged the corpse of Mary Shaw, right? Well, <laughs> so in the middle of the night when Henry was uh, living in the mortician, he came downstairs when everybody was sleeping, and he went as his father's his workshop basically, right? And you see the casket there, and he opens it up to see Mary Shaw, that his father turned into a dummy with the hinged mouth and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, what was your first thoughts of this, Laura, when you saw this? Uh, to me, this was the scariest scene of the whole movie. I would not want to be him. So he, yeah, so Henry looks for, to get a good peek. He steps on the platform where the casket is, and then it falls on top of him. I mean, so all I'm thinking is like, oh my god, I can imagine being a little kid. Like, would you, like, how crazy would you have gone at this point? Well, it was, it was terrifying. It was, yeah, this was very, you know, very. I was telling you, that was a common thing um, that was, that happened, too. I remember kids, we used to stand on, like, the TV stands and mm -hmm. stuff, and they used to fall down, so. A TV scare, imagine a, a corpse that looks like well, a you know dummy landing saying. on top of you. I was yeah. just like, where did they get this? Oh, yeah, so I'd shit myself if this happened. So. Then Mary Shaw is standing upright, and then Henry covers his mouth as a child, to, right, to not scream. Yeah, it wasn't a scream. So this was, <laughs> yeah, so Henry explains to Jamie that ever since Mary Shaw was buried, Raven's Fair was plagued by death. Um, families murdered and found without their tongues, posed, uh, and posed in family photos when he found all these people. These are very strange photos, too, the way these, these dead bodies are found. The families put together family photos. Really, really crazy looking. So that, And that, you know that? what that was like? Um, Insidious. It's the same uh, person that made it. Uh, okay. James. Do you remember when he was walking around the, the, the other world, what they call it, the other world? I know what you're the, talking about, yes. The I other I know, I, you're, I know what you're saying. I can't think of the name of it. Do you remember all the people sitting on, like, the couch? Okay. I it wasn't, wasn't photos, but it was But the actual like people? Okay, I didn't think about that. It was a time gone by. Okay. So now Jamie goes to the old theater, which was where Mary Shaw lived. And how we talked about it, how it was this beautiful place. 
And then present day, it's basically it's, it's abandoned, it's destroyed, it's falling apart. Um, so then Jamie goes through uh, her belongings and he finds these diagrams drawn by Mary Shaw and these newspaper clippings. Uh, one diagram said how to make the perfect doll. Uh, another one is Missing Boy, a clipping from the paper of Michael Ashen. And that was the boy we're referring to that was in the theater that she said, now who's the dummy? So uh, now Marion, the... Uh, Mortician's wife is uh, talking to Billy. Uh, she really, really comes across as someone unhinged in the mor in the mortuary, talking to the ventriloquist dummy. I don't know if that stands out to you, that point in the film, but happens very briefly. Henry Then Henry sees Mary Shaw and screams, causing him. He did scream finally to, to lose his tongue, and that was it for, uh, for Henry at this mm -hmm. point. What's, anything else you want to say, Laura? Go say whatever you want. Okay. No, listen. Okay. <laughs> Jamie asks his father to tell him about Michael Ashen now, so he finds out same family name and Mary Shaw. So his father Edward explained that Michael Ashen was his great uncle. Michael vanished, and the Ashen family thought it would it had to be Mary Shaw that took him. So the town took justice into their own hands. So they forced Mary to scream. They cut out her tongue. So one by one, Mary came back from the dead to cut out the tongues of the men involved uh, in the killing. The same thing happened to their wives and children, and their children's children. So this is never going to end, right, Laura? This... Correct. <laughs> so. so now we had Detective Lipton uh, explain how someone dug up the graves of every Shaw doll. So 100 more dolls were all dug up, and he's asking Jamie if he knows anything about it. So... Jamie then receives a phone call from Henry, but Henry was just killed by Mary Shaw to meet him at the old theater. So we have a ventriloquist, Laura, right, that's impersonating these voices. So Jamie goes to the theater, and the, the detective lift and pops up, and the voice of Henry is heard. So the, we see 101 dolls of Mary Shaw in these glass cases, all arranged perfectly in the theater. Laura, what's your first thoughts when you saw this? Crazy. And so you see them, and then they're not just in uh, these glass cases, the way they're all arranged perfectly. All their heads, they turn in unison. This is the part where I'm like, okay, if you were actually there, uh, <laughs> I could see Yeah, Laura. that was that was really cool. Like, um, I wonder how they were able to do that. But... Yeah, the way the, the mechanicals were all arranged. Yeah, because that point was all practical effects. Now, this is where I know Laura would lose it. We see this clown dummy now. I, it would take me all the way to the clown dummy? To oh, yeah, yeah. It. This is where you'd really freak I out. I wouldn't be here, period. We have... This is where this is like... I don't know. This might be the creepiest dummy of them all. This clown dummy that's sitting in a rocking chair uh, talking to Jamie and explaining that he, he wants to silence those who silence me. And Jamie figured out that that is Mary Shaw that's possessing that can possess the, these dolls. I have to disagree with you, though. I oh, don't think that? the clown is the scariest. I think the Billy is... Because why? Because he's more subtle? Yeah, I'm not really, like, afraid of clowns like that. Like, okay. I'm not. They're, yeah. they're scary, but they're yeah, not. He's pretty scary, that clown, yeah. so... So, uh... The I bet a lot of people would agree with you. <laughs> so the clown dummy said, so hard to construct the perfect doll. 
Sometimes you have to use existing parts. And then, uh, so Jamie said, why Lisa? And he goes, come closer, I'll whisper it to you. Yeah, who does that? <laughs> and he actually went next to him, right? And then Lipton says, no, 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 don't. He goes, uh, so... No, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. This is like the first time somebody in a horror movie. So said, then, basically, no, don't do yeah, it. So the dummy explains <laughs> that Lisa was pregnant. Another thing we have to uh, talk about is how the corpse of the boy Michael Ashen was found also during all this this whole scene. He was turned into a yeah, dummy. Yeah, like rotten and. And another thing, maybe. Uh, I'm thinking too much, and with the she also a taxidermist was formaldehyde used, but would Michael still look this good all these years later? Yeah, we don't know. Okay, what the extent supernatural of her, her knowledge. Yeah, was, things how going on as well. And, and bomb. I yeah. don't know. So imagination. <laughs> all right. So uh, Lipton shoots the clown dummy and all the other dummies because Mary's living in the dolls. That's what Jamie tells him to shoot all the dolls. They use it looked a little odd. I don't know your opinion is, Laura, when you see all the dummies in the cases, they use CGI to kind of, like, make their faces, like, morph. Do you remember that? I don't know if you remember that at all. They're kind of, like, mm. distorted. Looked a little odd. I don't know if I would have went that angle. So then Jamie torches up all the dolls. So they go up in flames. And then Lipton screams, falling down the scaffold, causing him to, you know, lose his tongue. Right, Laura? And that, that was it for him. Right, but I I think that's in the notes. I think they used th this may be what you're referring to. They used prosthetics. Is no, that no, what no, you no, mean? no. They also know. They also you could tell they distorted. Oh, okay. They distorted with CGI too. No, I didn't really notice. It, it didn't happen. It was only it was very quick when they used it, just right before they were torched. So yeah, so it, it's over for Lipton. So then Marion, the mortician's wife, talks to Jamie, saying how Edward. Ashen uh, came to mortuary and took Billy, but Jamie's confused because his father is wheelchair-bound. So now Jamie goes back to his father's estate, and Billy is there. Billy gets thrown in the fireplace, and the corpse ghost of Mary Shaw tries to attack him, but then uh, she vanishes once Billy gets thrown into the, into the flames. Then we see... Uh, Mr. Ashen in the wheelchair. Jamie says, Dad, and puts his hand on him. And this is where I was like, what the hell is going on? He touches his father, and then it just slumps forward to reveal that his father was a human ventriloquist dummy. He has this giant hole in his back. He has a wooden stick that's attached to his mouth to make the mouth move. I thought it was an awesome Oh, I, I loved it. I loved it. I was just, because that really just came out of nowhere. And so, yeah, so is where this is the reveal that it was a dummy the whole time. And now we have Ella reveals how uh, the new wife is actually, uh, she was a ventriloquist the whole time. And this is the more of the saw influence, how in the first saw, how... When you get to the end, they show all the series of events that are like, oh, this is how we got. Yes, so that's right. very much this whole montage, all these previous scenes that they show with Ella. They should have just put the music in. It, well, same <laughs> composer, so it's very similar. So they show Ella sitting next to, anytime Edward's talking, you see her next to him, almost like 
a ventriloquist and their dummy. Which I wasn't thinking at the time. You probably weren't either, right? We weren't really thinking, but now when they show all these scenes, like, oh, and they zoom in on her throat, showing how her throat's moving, how her mouth's moving subtly. So I like that. I like the way this whole, uh, you know, this was done, this whole montage. And then they showed how she was feeding the father, and how actually he had a bucket. So she, you thought that she was spoon feeding him soup, but the soup was actually just going through, <laughs> collecting yeah, in a that was bucket. Gross. Yeah, it looked like slop, right, when you saw that. Um, so, basically, this is a, it shows all the other scenes how Ella can impersonate anyone's voice, so she could throw her voice, because there's times in the house where um, Edward's telling um, Jamie to come upstairs, but it was Ella throwing her voice, which a ventriloquist can, can do. So, I enjoyed all that. Then, there's more detail, the diagrams that, that we were showing earlier. And how it says how to make the perfect doll. And then Billy flips over, I'm sorry, uh, Jamie flips over the page, which they didn't show us before, but if you look at the artwork, it looks exactly like Ella. So, and then Ella transforms into Mary Shaw, basically, or, right? Or Mary Shaw, because she took over this as a dummy, right? They live like a living doll, and with the classic lion. Now who's the dummy? This causes Jamie to finally scream. And that's, it yeah, like and Mary, and Mary Shaw says, shh. And then Jamie recites the poem. Beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. And if you see her in your dreams, never, ever scream. And then they show the last thing we see is all these photographs of the families arranged together. You see Jamie, Lisa, Henry, Detective Lipton. They all resemble ventriloquist dummies with their mouths hinged and doll cases. While Edward and Ella are in their human state in the photos. I don't know if you saw that. It happens very quick right after. Yeah. And and then Mary's hand. No, I mean, I probably did, but yeah, you, you probably weren't you thinking. Me off. Yep, yeah. and then Mary's hand just closes the book and that's how it ends i think everybody like stops paying attention once jamie screams just like because yeah, it kind of turns likely. black well i know there's pictures yeah but so but you forgot to mention one of the other the scariest scenes the okay. crawl space scene oh well marion in the, the crawl space is it mortician yeah what was his name no henry henry yes when he dies you're saying he thinks it's marion in the crawl space and he crawls but, but it's mary shaw's face mary shaw and that scared you laura i don't like small spaces so and also and ghosts like a, and ghosts creepy. you don't like either yeah. so so there's so, that okay that's <laughs> so the music uh what's your opinion of the music for the film by charles clauser creepy i i, I think um what did I say? It was like jewelry box music. Yeah, like so, at the beginning especially, they use that. Um, when they show Mary Shaw designing the dolls in the, in the opening credits, they use that at one point. That That's a perfect way of describing it. Uh, there's some films where it adds to a film, and this really, really adds to it, the music. It really it gives a more darker feel at times when you hear the music. It's similar to Saw, but it's not like Saw's more mechanical. It's not, it fits this film. But this is, Everything fits. This is like, uh, like it has a ghostly quality. Yes. Right? So you got like moaning voices at times that were put into it at certain scenes. So I, I thought it was perfect for this film. 
Um, and I love the nursery rhyme element. No, it, it was. I I agree with you because everybody has that type of either a local legend, like we have. What yeah. the uh, what is it? The Bloody Mary. Yeah, I'm a sucker for for any. Um, what's it called? I can't think of the name either. What do they call those? Like what the lore. Lore, yeah, lore. Yeah, so every it seems like everybody. Urban legend. Yeah, or so everybody has one. We have a few in our area, right? The the melon heads in the street, right? The, if you go down a certain street, there's these people, or right? yeah, there's all these true. things. So everybody knows. But I love where how they live. even went as far to create the whole rhymes and. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because kids will say that, and you're always gonna remember something like that when you're a kid. So it it made sense. Uh, so you like the writing for the most part, right? Everything in this film, even though, like I said, it's, certain things are a little far-fetched, obviously, but it's... It is, but it's, to me, it's so underrated. Like, I'm not sure if I'm the only one that feels like this. Um, like I said, I watched it when I was young, so you always wonder if it's because it was one of your first horror films okay. that you've seen as a younger person, or I don't think that's why I... I no, I, I, I don't, I don't think so. But you I, really like it. I yeah. So I'll get into a little bit. So okay. I wrote down some of my favorite lines. Uh, at the beginning of the film, Lisa says to Billy, "If you get Jamie to scream, I'll make sure you get seven minutes in heaven with my old Barbie doll." Deal. In, <laughs> which was odd. <laughs> Uh, Detective Lipton had the best lines. I think I've never arrested a dummy for murder before, but I've arrested quite a few husbands. Uh, Mary Shaw to Billy at the theater scene. Young Michael doesn't think you're a real person. Billy says, what do you mean, mother? He thinks you're a dummy and that I'm doing the voice for you. And then Billy says, but that can't be true. There's no way you'd give me all the good lines. Uh, Lipton to Jamie. I was wondering if you could help me with a missing persons case. I'm looking for a male. He's around this tall. Sometimes seen with, <laughs> with a hand up his ass. You get it, ventriloquist dummy? That's the joke, like it. a puppet. Uh. Laura was laughing at Lipton's jokes in no. this. They were a bit forced. And uh, and uh, now who's the dummy? Is that the best line in the film? You love that line. That's the best line. Uh, and then the clown dummy whispering to Jamie, come close, but I'll whisper it to you. So, oh, so yeah, so these were... I. I there's some memorable lines. And then for things you might not know about Dead Silence, I'm going to let Laura take over you have the notes about the all the cgi and things of that nature and i'll i'll talk about it after that but you know you missed something you, you said speak. you were gonna talk about it then i told you to cut me off well you said you were gonna get there well because you said why would he stay away from the father this this guy with all this money and he's i did living. explain it but, no, the, you didn't. but the why is dodo now but but the father made him stay away to protect him from the yeah. curse. That's okay, you're right, you're jerk. right. He did explain that. You're right. So I'm sure. fired. I'm fired. That's the real reason. So he was he a good guy. At first we off. thought he was a jerk, but then we realized he cared about him, yeah. right? Okay, you're right, Laura. So tell us more. Okay. So the filming began during the post-production of Saw. Um, James Wan wanted it to be an old-fashioned ghost story that was macabre, creepy, and reminiscent of the 50s, 60s era. Minus the theater that was supposed to be the 40s. Okay, um, James wanted to do everything old school with minor CGI. He used classic horror elements to achieve this. He used fog as a character. James wanted a red feeling. And it's the one color he wanted throughout the movie. So they used a lot of like neutrals and browns. 
And that's another thing that I love, love, love too. I love the color red. Mm-hmm. And I did notice that predominantly in the movie. Yeah, because it's more like muted the color, so the reds were the bright ones that stood out. Everything else wasn't, wasn't bright. So, yeah, yes. it, it, it worked. Um, so the silence aspect of the film is a metaphor of darkness for black. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, only 20% of the theater was built. The rest was visual effects. And the theater was wrecked in five days. Which, yeah, because we watched them behind the scenes. And when they show them walking to the bridge, all that, the CGI, which is amazing. Because that's very, very realistic looking. And then the theater is beautiful. And then it's then they had to destroy it, like you said, because they had to show the present day how it was destroyed, which is crazy. When you see like all the work they put into it, then they put all the work to destroy it now. That is very crazy. A bunch of ventriloquist dolls were modified with prosthetics. 20 of them were mechanized for the wall of dolls in the film's theater scene. Okay, so one of those dolls was the one I was telling you uh you can see closely uh, the Charlie McCarthy doll. The same one I had as a kid, they used exactly in here. They just modified it slightly. Donnie Wahlberg performed his own high-wire stunt. He mm-hmm. was dropped about 35 feet. It looked very fun. Yes. I would do it. An actual life-size dummy was constructed for the character of Edward Ashen, played by Bob Gutton. This is... Craziest thing ever. If you see what this, I'm going to post this on social media. This was the most realistic uh, prop I've ever seen, probably, would you say? Terrifying. Because when you're watching the movie, and we saw this later, just figured, oh, he's just laying there. He's acting. No, this was a real life-size, you know, double of him. And it's so detailed. The hair, you could tell all the hair was put in individually. Absolutely. To match his um, Bob Gutton said it was a reminder of his own mortality, mm-hmm. seeing this life-size dummy of him. And he didn't realize what a big guy he was. And I think he said what a big honker he had. Yeah, his yeah, his big eye. nose was. Yeah, <laughs> until you actually see it. And it looked exactly like it. It was absolutely amazing. And that's it. Okay, I have some notes. So, um, Judith Roberts, who was Mary Shaw, uh, she was in a film called Death Sentence, playing a character named Judge Shaw that was directed by James Wan. Is that funny? That's interesting. Uh, it's so dark, the scene with the wall of dolls, but the the puppet of the same name, Billy, from the Saw movies, is actually on the floor at one point in the film. Not with the, not with the dolls on the wall, but on the okay, floor that's, next that's to a it. Good, uh, that's Easter the Easter egg, egg thrown in there. Yep. James Wan said they cooked up the tale of Mary Shaw by making, like I said, an old-fashioned ghost story with the theme of ventriloquism. So that was the important thing, the ventriloquism. And then uh, there's another segment we're watching with Judith Roberts, who is Mary Shaw. She's not very attractive in this film, but you see her without the makeup. She's a very attractive older woman. Like, yes, she wouldn't is. even recognize her. She's very not... old Hollywood. Yeah. And... Uh, Lee Winnell, he made the backstory of Mary Shaw to be someone who grew up without any friends, and her only friends were her dolls. So that's kind of like the theme of why she is oh, the way like she you. is. No, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, for Judith Roberts, they first the crew was looking for someone in Los Angeles when doing the casting to find the perfect person, but they couldn't find someone. 
that would really fit the role. So they said, we got to get out of L.A. We have to go with, uh, to New York. Uh, we have to have someone that has this creepy, witchy ghost look, but can play a diva. That's what they said. So they went to the theaters in, uh, in New York. And they said the first day she auditioned, they said she's absolutely perfect. So, which I agree with them. She's uh, absolutely perfect. Agree. She was scary as heck with all that makeup on. Now, the makeup, they said the whole process with her hair and makeup took four hours to complete every day. It's a long time. Yeah, but it was very, very detailed. Even her teeth, too, were all like very it's all black and grimy all around her eyes. So it was very, very detailed. So there's also an, uh, an unrated DVD out there. We have, we're doing the theatrical version, but uh, the, uh, an unrated is like a gimmick too, but just Mary Show has uh, this creepy, disgusting long tongue in there. That's it? <laughs> yeah, there's other things, but just like nothing memorable, but the whole tongue thing is uh, what's uh, memorable apparently. So it basically it's, they cut this stuff out because it, it, they edited it out because it didn't work. That's the real reason. Right. And there's also other scenes that... Um, I was were, just thinking about that character. There's Boz a, or something Yeah, like there's that. other scenes that they cut from the film. There's other character that just... It, it actually dragged the movie, so they had to cut them out. And which... It makes sense. You realize why there are deleted scenes. what would you scenes. call him? Like the gatekeeper? Like the... He worked um, for the mortuary too, I want to say. For the cemetery? No, he worked for the father. I thought it was the father. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. You're, I think you're right. I just what did I call him? The gatekeeper? Like he's Yeah, like, like his... almost no, like, like a butler maybe. But yeah, he... Yeah, just completely cut him right out of the movie. Yeah, but it, it wasn't necessary. It Once wasn't, you see the terrible. scenes, yeah, that's... Like I said, that's why these are deleted scenes. Uh, do you remember the first time you saw this? Did you see it in the theaters, Laura? I never do, like you do. I didn't see it in the theater. It was always me, like, rummaging around, like, just trying to find movies to watch, okay. and I just, I'd watch anything. Okay. This I did see in the theaters because I love did Saw. You? I did. Saw this. I love Saw. I said, I have to see this. I love Ventulka's Dummies, and, uh... Apparently, uh, not everybody had the same thoughts I did because the budget was $20 million, but it only grossed uh, United States $16 million, so it lost money. Wow. But, uh, thankfully, they, you know, they didn't give up on James Wan and Lee Winnell because they made a lot of very successful films after that. So, and I remember... Uh, we bought this on DVD one day. We're in Big Lots. Do you remember this? How we got the DVD? All of a sudden, Laura got excited. She goes, they have dead silence. <laughs> and she bought did. it. So that I remember. Oh, no. Uh, and at the time, wasn't popular film, like we said. Uh, they didn't even make any merchandise. There was only a promotional shirt I saw that was available. Again, only given away in the, the theatrical poster. But recently, because it, is starting to uh, pick up in popularity. Trick or Treat Studios made. Uh, you can get a life-size Billy Ventriloquist doll. You can get the clown Ventriloquist doll if oh, you want. Good. You can get a, an air freshener of Billy. You can get a rubber mask of Billy and the uh, and the air freshener in your car if you want of Billy if you need one. So yeah, so it is getting a little more popular now, I guess. So after all this, Laura, we can go. Uh, you know. Thumbs. Are you gonna change the rating? Oh yeah, no, again? we're doing we're doing a thumbs up. Okay. Thumbs up, 
Thumbs down, thumbs, thumbs in the middle, way, thumbs, to the thumbs side. way up, thumbs way down. Thumbs up your ass. So, yeah, so like, like the ventriloquist exactly, doll. Exactly, yeah. So, okay, like I said, down would be excrement and up would be excellent. So, way up, way down. Uh, up. Way up. This movie is ineffable. It's just, I, I absolutely love it. I will watch this forever for the rest of my life. I can tell you after rewatching this, watched it with Laura, then I watched it again to take more notes. There was a lot going on because it is like a, a mystery and a thriller too. So there's certain things you don't notice the first time and you have to watch again. And mm -hmm. there's little details in the background too that the kind of, you're going to miss certain lines from the characters. So it, I like that when you watch a film and you discover new things. So I'm going to give it definitely a thumbs up. It has, what I like about it, it's like a timeless horror film where any generation can appreciate it. Where, I'll give you an example. If I asked my mother to watch this, she would actually like it. No, I agree with because you. Because it has like an Alfred Hitchcock I agree with presents you. and like a Twilight Zone feel to it, so... But then a younger person would like it too. I so I like that, that right. any generation can, can watch it. And it's rated, like the theatrical version rated R. But I don't think it's really anything outrageous in here, right? I mean, it's a little scary, but nothing really too gory, too graphic. That's why I think it... No, I'm surprised it's rated R. Yeah. So, okay. Well, this was fun talking to Laura. And now uh, Mary Shaw has something to say. Who's the dummy? <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you enjoy Shocking Things and want to support the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Radio, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Sharing the episodes you enjoy on social media also helps. To see more information pertaining to each episode, please go to our social media and interact with us. On Instagram, it's at shocking.things.podcast. On Twitter, at thingsshocking. And on Facebook, at shockingthingspodcast. Or go to anchor.fm slash shockingthings for the main hub with the links to everything. Until next time, try and enjoy the daylight.